you know, he says our job is, he said our job is believing. It's his job in parting the sea. But if you look at the story there, when Moses parted, there was only one thing he was responsible for. And it recognized and it released his trust. And it was the fact that he said, you just raise the rod. It wasn't his responsibility to to part the sea, as Cassie said. All he was supposed to do is just raise the rod. Raise the rod. You see, and that's what I'm going to be dealing with tonight as we talk about, talk about faith. And we talk about trust. That, that we have to come to a place where it's not just an aimless belief, but true trust, true belief understands several things. It understands submission. Trust understands submission. Trust understands obedience. Hallelujah. So where we don't like obedience. Hallelujah. So Abraham released his trust when what? He came in line with the word, what God said. Just raise the rod. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We just thank you for your presence. That's directing us in every aspect of our life. Thank you, Father, that you are causing us to be winners in life through Jesus Christ and the gift of the Holy Spirit and your word. We thank you for it tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It's so good to have you out here on Wednesday night to... I call it Bible school. <laughs> on Wednesday nights, we just stay on a certain topic for a number of weeks. We've been, I believe, on this topic of faith since, uh, was it July, June? I don't know. <laughs> it's been a while. And we got one more week after this. And um, Trey is going to be ministering next week. He's in Alabama tonight ministering. And his wife's here, so we have Heather here. And, um, and, but then the week after that, we're going to start a new series. And it's going it's, it's to be entitled Hearing God. And it's all going to be based out of John chapter 10 about my sheep, hear my voice. And so we'll probably be on that topic till at least the end of the year, beginning of January. We'll see how it goes. Um, but that's my heart as a pastor, is, and, and, and not just a pastor, but a teacher pastor, is to, to grow up in the, in, in the Word. Amen? Because His Word is life. Proverbs says it's life and health to all our flesh. I, and, it, and it's not just for us to come hear the word, but, but my heart is, is for you to allow this to shape your life into where you become everything God's created you to be. Amen? You know, uh, you know just victorious living. You know, I don't know if that's what we need to call Wednesday nights or not, but, but it, it's, it's, it's my heart, my passion. You know, um, you know, what we're about is, you know, we're about making winners in life, but how do we do it? You know, for me in my life is I experienced God. I wasn't in a church. I was in my sister's living room. I got healed and had an encounter with God, and my life was never the same again. But, but it wasn't just having an experience with God, but it was being equipped with the Word. And lastly, you know, it's to, then it was that those two things happened in my life to do the third thing, and that was for me to engage in the world around me to bring about influence. So we're about an experience with God, equipping people with the tools needed to succeed, and engaging people to influence the world around them. What is what is what we do here on Sundays, Wednesdays, Thrive groups, classes that we have, uh, youth, whatever it is. What what is the use of doing those things if we're not allowing it to change us 
in order to impact someone else's life. Jesus' very declarations to the disciples was, freely have you received, freely give. Meaning, what you've been deposited in you, the only thing I'm requiring you is to release what I've given you. To me, too often times we have our mindset that God wants us to do something we've never done. Or give something that we don't have. No, he's only going to require you to give what you have. And that's all he required the disciples. And, and my, my, my heart as a pastor is for it to, to plant things in you that has changed my life so you can go change someone else's life. That's what, that's what church is all about, I believe. Amen? Amen. Well, that's not the sermon tonight, but uh, we could go there. But hallelujah. It's good. Uh, let's go to um, Romans chapter 4. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 4. And we're going to get into this. I'm going to be sharing some things with you tonight that are really, you know, fresh, so to speak. They're aspects of faith that I haven't necessarily taught on this angle, so to speak. But, but I, I believe it's going to uh, deposit some fresh understanding uh, in our daily life. And, and for me, and as I was getting this and studying this and the Lord was directing me through this, it was really challenging me in some areas as uh, areas in my life where I thought I, I, I was in faith about some things, but maybe I necessarily wasn't. And, and so I, I believe we're going to see some things different. So I just, just believe that you're going to pull it out of me tonight. And, and, and we're going we're gonna to leave here with exactly what the Holy Spirit wants us to leave with. Amen. So in Romans chapter 4, and this is a scripture we've been going to week after week. Um, in Romans chapter 4, verse 19, and it says, And being not weak in faith... He, talking about Abraham, considered not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. So just in these three verses, I, I want to pull out a couple of words. The first word I want to pull out is he considered not. You, you see, you have to understand something about faith is faith is birthed out of the spirit, but it's going to be, but, but it will be, be affected by your mind. Right. You see, when we talk about faith, faith is a spiritual force, right? And we've been given the measure of faith. And so faith is something that we develop, Right. Now, it's something we've all been given, the measure of faith, but it's something that we develop throughout our life just like you would develop a muscle. You know, some, some people's muscles are bigger, bigger than other people's muscles. Why? Because of what they develop. And it's the same thing as it pertains to, to faith. Now, but your faith will be also developed and affected by your mind. He considered not. See, that is a, that is a phrase dealing with your thought life. See, that's something that you're going to have to talk, you're going to have to deal with, you're going to have to deal with thoughts. Your mind is made to think. You're you're going to think things. The question is, is what are you going to allow to affect your life? So that's where we have to come to a place, what I believe Kenneth Hagin and John Osteen both really established was, you have to feed your faith and you have to starve your doubts. Because you're going to have doubts. (laughs) In this life, in this God life, in this walking with God, there's going to be times where you are going to have doubts. Well, God is, 
I don't, you know, I haven't seen anything yet. I'm just being real. It's like, you know, you're going to have to deal with those things. But Abraham had to deal with those things. And we don't know how long he had to deal with those things. We know he wasn't always the great man of faith that we know him here in Romans chapter four, because there was times that he did consider. And because he considered, we had Ishmael. <laughs> you know, when your wife comes to you and says, hey, hey, go sleep with Hagar. I think that's a good idea. Well, I think you're right, wife. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. I, she considered and he considered. But they got to a, they got to a point where he said he, con- he got to a place where he considered not. He considered not. So this had to deal. He had to come to a place where I'm going to have to renew my mind. I'm going to have to starve my doubts. And I'm going to have to feed my faith. What do you have to feed his faith on? What did God say to him in Genesis 17? I am God Almighty. Meaning I'm El Shaddai. I'm the many-breasted one. I'm the one that overrides natural law. So walk before me and be thou perfect. Natural law says that you can't have a baby at 100 years old. But El Shaddai says you can. Jesus walked on water. Why? Because of the God of El Shaddai. He overrides natural law. So so here he had to get to a place where he considered not. So that's a total aspect having to do with our understanding and our thinking. So as we look at Abraham here, he considered not. And because of that, he was able to stagger not. See, we, when, we, when we consider, it's going to cause us whether either we're, we're grounded or we're staggering based on what we're considering. So there was an aspect of Abraham here, and we're going to go off. I'm not going to, I don't have time to keep dealing with Abraham here. But there's an aspect that Abraham had to, had to come in line with, and it was something I've already dealt with. Is He had to humble himself. He had to submit himself. And he had to... Bring himself into a place of obedience. Yeah. See, when you're in a, in a place of faith, or when we talk about trust, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be through your submission. Him submitting to what? Submitting to what God said. Because it says here, and he was being fully persuaded what he had promised he was able to perform. See, he had to submit himself to the promise. He had to to bring himself to obedience to the promise. He had to humble himself under the promise. Thank you, Father. Let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 8. And these are scriptures that we've been dealing with over the last... Different ministers have dealt with over the last several weeks. I'm not going to stay on these long because I want to pull out these aspects of trust. And dealing with submission... Obedience, humility. You're going to hear me say, say these three words interchangeably a lot tonight. In Matthew chapter 8. Because there's, two pla- there's a couple places that we've dealt with over the weeks dealing with great faith. And one time Jesus labeled someone's great faith. He was dealing with a centurion. Another one he was dealing with a Syrophoenician woman. Or the Canaanite woman. However, you, depending on what gospel you're reading in. And in Matthew chapter 8. Here in verse 5, he says, And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him, saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, and he's grievously tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. I will come and I will heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. 
but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers unto me. And I say to this man, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard him, he marveled and said to him, said to them that followed. He turned around to the disciples. He's calling the disciples on the carpet. He turned around and tells them, verily I say unto you, it's kind of like, see, come on, guys, get a hold of this. It's kind of, you know, uh, verily I say unto you, I have not found so great a faith, not in Israel. He's trying to get their attention. It's like, it's like he, he tells all of them. So what was so great about this man's faith? You, you got to realize this man was putting his way of life on the line. He was a centurion. Meaning he was a Roman guard. And, and, and some people say that he could have had at least 100 people under him or more than that. But, or you know, 10 or whatever it is. But he was a leader in his community. And so just by him going out into his community and talking to a Jewish man, he was placing everything on the line. And get this. It wasn't for his son. It wasn't for a relative. It was for just a servant. Anyway, he was placing his whole way of life, his whole financial status, everything about him, he was placing on the line for a servant. Wow. You see... He, he, what, what happened here? And this, this kept coming up and, and I don't even know if I, even, I don't even think I'll put it in my notes, but it kept coming as I was praying over this, that had how love is what motivated the centurion to humble himself upon the, under the master. You see, love, the love for his servant drove him to look stupid, drove him to lay everything on the line. To humble himself. To submit himself. Hallelujah. To bring himself and just, just, just speak. The, I understand authority, Jesus. You know, because I've heard about you and I've heard about the authority that you walk in. And all I need you to do is just speak the word. All I need you to do is speak the word. This, this love brought him. To the master. But it was his humility. He trusted that the master had authority. It was enough enough for him to submit himself. To what the master could do. Thank you father. You know I think of. I I think of. uh, You know think about the four. The four men and. Maybe I think Mark five, maybe the, the four men that that brought their sick friend where Jesus was preaching to a room full of Pharisees. And, and it said, and the presence of the Lord was there to heal. And what it says, and when Jesus saw their faith, it didn't say when they saw the sick man's faith. When they, he saw their faith. What happened? Love drove four men. To take their friend and submit to the master. 
this trust that the master, this Jesus that they've heard about is able to to bring themselves. What about the woman with the issue of blood? There was this aspect of faith and it was this trust to bring, to humble herself under the hand of the master. The one that had healing in his wings. Which when it says healing in his wings in Isaiah, it's talking about the outer, the garment that was on a tunic of a high priest. So when it says touch the fringe or the hem of his garment, it was talking about touching the place of healing. But it, she, had to, she had to bring herself and submit herself to the healer. Let, let's go to, to, to Matthew chapter 15. It was love for the servant and humility to the master. It was love for the, 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 their friend, and, but yet humility to the master. In Matthew chapter 15... Hallelujah. Starting in verse 21... Thank you, Father. Then Jesus went, there, went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. Now, this woman is a Syrophoenician woman. Like you say, if you read that in other things. And, and what is a Syrophoenician woman? It means she is... A woman of mixed race. She's, she's, part, she's part Syrian and she's part Phoenician. And so here is a woman of a mixed race. And neither one of those races were Jews. <laughs> Coming to Jesus. And cried and said, have mercy on me, Lord, thou son of David. When she said son of David, she was releasing faith in something that she didn't have a right to. Because see, the son of David represented the terminology of someone that they would call the Messiah. And so here, this woman that doesn't even have a covenant with God is reaching into a covenant that she doesn't even have access to and says, and says have mercy on me, meaning, meaning I know you're full of compassion. I know that you're full of love and I know that you're the son of David. What was she doing? She was humbling herself under something that in the natural she may not have understood in the natural. But I've heard about him. Everyone else looking down on her and, 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 and having no, and, and the thing is, 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 is you got to get this is Jesus was not, his heart was not to be mean to her because we know this chapter verse 20 says, but he answered her, not a word. He didn't respond to word, meaning, meaning he, I believe he was thinking what's, what's going on here. I believe he, I believe he didn't say a word. I believe part of him was, I only do the things I hear my See my father do, and I only say the things I hear my father say. I think he's waiting. What does the father say? Because I didn't come. He goes on and says, "I didn't come for the the. I didn't. I came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I didn't come for another race yet." So I think he's sitting back. Wait a minute. I know God told me that I'm sent to these people, but wait a minute. I got to get direction. And his disciples came and besought him, saying. Besought him saying, so the disciples said this, Jesus didn't say this, send her away for she cries after us. And he answered and said, I'm not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. 
Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord. The word for Lord there is master. Master, I worship. That's a, that is just an aspect of submission. It's an a- aspect of humility. Get a hold of this tonight. Her faith was driving her to submit herself to the one that had the answer. Why? Because she loved her daughter. It was her love for her daughter and her humility to the master. But he answered her and said, it's not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to the dogs. And she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. You know, I, I, just, I just think this is, the aspect is she knew he was so full of compassion. And, and because she knew he was the Messiah, she believed he was the Messiah. And because she knew he was full of mercy and compassion, it was something that she would, it caused her to be persistent. Because, see, that's what trust did. Trust submitted because I know you're full of compassion and I know you're the Messiah. And I'm not going anywhere until I get what I came for. Because I know you're full of mercy. I know you're not going to turn me away. And Jesus answered, said, oh, woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto you, even as you wilt. After that daughter... And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Great is thy faith. So in these two pictures of great faith in the centurion and the Syrophoenician, what, what are we seeing? We're seeing an aspect that love drove them to a place. But what did it do? Is their faith, how did their, was their faith demonstrated? They submitted. They humbled themselves. I never saw until I got in studying and praying over this how much humility has to do with great faith. Great faith isn't about how many scriptures you can quote and how loud you can confess scriptures. But it has to do with can you submit and bring yourself under the master. You, know, you see, there's something that we have to understand about that woman with the Syrophoenician woman, the Canaanite woman, that we have to understand is, is she didn't get mad, mad when she was sent away. You're like, well, what does that have to do with faith? Everything. Because, see, there's a lot of time in our life that, that we can pray and something doesn't change and we allow it to affect our emotions. We allow it to affect our thinking. Why is this? Why am I dealing with this? Why is this sickness in this body? How did I let this in? How did I open the door? What's going on here? How is this? Why am I sick? I shouldn't be sick. I, I plead the blood of Jesus over me. And, and, I, and, and, and you can get mad and you're in this place of emotion, in this place of, of frustration, in this place. And what happened is that, that's revealing to you. Not that you're in, not that it's revealing that you're not in faith. Because trust, what trust does is it submits itself under the word no matter what. See, that woman didn't change her, her, her understanding of who Jesus was. 
And a lot of, a lot of times, if we're not, we're not careful when, when we have faith failure, so to speak, in our life, we can get upset and we can get upset and question so many things. And really, we thought we were in faith. I know this might be, be, be difficult in some aspects. And I had to, to either ask, my, answer, ask a lot of questions myself. Thank you, Father. Let's go to Matthew 11. I'm, I'm not hesitating because I'm, I'm just... Thank you, Father. Great faith is marked by humility, submission, and persistence. Hallelujah. The lady was saying, I I have, I believe and trust in his greatness. I trust in his love and power, and I trust in his faithfulness. Thank you, Father. You know, before we read this, I'm I'm just reminded of Mark chapter 6. When Jesus went into his own hometown... And it said there, he said there, he could do no mighty work. Why? This is because they were offended at him. They were offended. They were upset. If you read in the Amplified, the different, the different words that, that, uh, that are used there. Let me, let me go there real quick. Just hold your place there and we'll get to that in a minute. In Mark 6. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who listened to him were utterly astonished, saying, Where did this man acquire all this? What is the wisdom, the intelligence of which, which has been given to him? What mighty works and exhibitions of power are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here among us? And they took offense at him. They were hurt. That is, they disapproved of him, and it hindered them from acknowledging his authority, and they were caused to stumble and fall. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his own country and among his own house. And he was not able to do even one work of power there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick, sickly people and cured them. See, they couldn't bring themselves under who Jesus was. It was this submitting under who Jesus was, this trust of who Jesus was. And I'm not saying if you've had faith failures, you weren't, you, I don't, I mean, I'm not, because we're all growing in this faith life, in this faith walk. So, so I don't want you to leave condemned in any way because we're all walking this journey. But I want, I want you to see, because I, I, there's times where I've prayed for people and, and, and just really questioned, God, how come this didn't happen? Or how come that didn't happen? And trying to get answers to those particular things when I know, I know, he, who, I know he is who he says he is. And I know it's not him. And, and there was this aspect of, of bringing ourselves under. And see, the, the, the people in his own hometown couldn't receive things because they were questioning in their mind everything else. And oftentimes we say we trust or we, we believe that we're in faith. We believe those things, but, but back in the mind, we're being motivated by fear. We're being motivated by fear and we don't realize it. And let's go back to Matthew chapter 11. 
Please don't don't be condemned if if I just really wanted to correct that. Because my heart is never for any of us to leave here broken. It's a, the whole aspect is for us to grow. And, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come unto me. See, this is this, is this aspect of humility, this submission. And now we see it, it's, it's an aspect of obedience because we have to come. Come unto me, all you are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me, and I will give you rest. Come to me, and I'll give you rest. See, real faith is about bringing yourself under him and allowing him to give you rest. See, it goes back to the fact that if we're toiling or we're frustrated or we're in fear and we're pacing the floors or we're angry or we're upset. It's, it's an indicator that, we ha- that we're not at a place where we've come unto him and given it because we're not at a place of rest. Because he says, if we come unto him and we're heavy laden, I will give you rest. If, if something that we're going through is, is causing us not to have rest, maybe you shouldn't be doing it. You know, without going there, you can mark this in your notes or whatever. But in Hebrews chapter 3, the last six verses, he talks about why they couldn't enter into the promised land. And it said they could not enter into the rest. Why? Because of unbelief. Take the time, read those six verses, and especially in the Amplified, around verses 15, 16. It's going to tell you, it will tell you exactly the mindset of the people. And, but it's coming to a time where we have to, we, if, because they couldn't, they couldn't, they, they were trying to do things themselves, trying to do everything themselves and trying to make it happen themselves. Going, let's go back to Egypt. Let's build golden calves. Let's do all these things. And they could never come into a place of rest. Why? Because they couldn't come to a place of trust. Right. And when you bring yourself to a place of trust, what is that? You're bringing, you're coming to him. You're submitting to him. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heaven laden, and I will give you rest. Now get this, verse 29. Take my yoke. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Take my yoke upon you. Hallelujah. Take my yoke upon you. Thank you, Father. It's a light load and it's an easy yoke. Let me say that again. It's a light load and it's an easy yoke. Too often we're weighed down by the affairs of this life. Weighed down by so many things. And if we're weighed down by so many things, it lets us know that we need to come to him. 
And, and, and the thing we have to understand is this, take my yoke upon you and learn of me for, for I am meek and lowly of heart and you shall find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, you got to understand who you're yoked up with. See, when you bring yourself and you submit yourself and you come to him, what happens is, is you're now yoked up with the one whose yoke is easy and his burden is light. And it goes back to if it, if it's heavy and it's a burden, maybe you're trying to do it yourself. So you, you can confess scriptures, confess scriptures, confess scriptures, confess scriptures, be in the word, be in the word, be in the word, and still be heavier than anyone else in the world. Because you still haven't got to a place of come. You can be, you can be confessing scriptures out of fear. No, you got to come to him because when you truly come to him, there is going to be a rest that comes into your heart and life. There's going to be an ease that comes. Why? Because you're yoked up with him. You know, I, I remember as, as a kid, we were, uh, we were in this camp and, and we, we were um, playing tug of war. And man, we were going at it and we were, we were tugging and we were going with all we, all we had. And all of a sudden, man, it got easy. We're like, man, we, we turn around and we, man, I don't know what happened, but we were happy. We were excited. We were giving each other high five and we turned around and we had a six foot guy on the end and we had no idea why. Because it, all of a sudden, because some, we got yoked up with someone else. All of a sudden, what was difficult for us as a team, all of a sudden became easy. See, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Hallelujah. There is effort, but realize it, if, it's, if it's him, it's light and it's easy. It's light and it's easy. If it's tormenting, it's not him. If it's, if it's breaking you, if it's, if, if it's hard, if it's confusion, you're probably under a different yoke. You know, Annette and I, we were trying to do some things with, with our home and refinancing and, and, and I was getting frustrated because in my mind I had this plan, you know, I, I was weird to, to be out of debt by a certain time and we're like, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to work this plan. I had it all laid out. Okay. I can do this. We can, we can have this paid off in eight years and trying to figure these things out and work these numbers and, and all that. And, 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 and so, and, and so, and then all of a sudden we, we found out some things about our house that, that we couldn't get appraised for what we needed appraised for. I was mad. I was mad. I'm honest with you. I was upset because my plan is now not working. But I got, I, man, I, 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 man, I, I released my faith for this. I, I, you know, I had all that, but, but then, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit or through my wife, she just stepped back and says, it sure seems you're trying to make this happen. Oh, yeah. I don't want to talk to you right now because I was trying to do something and, and, and I'm not saying it's not God's will for us to pay or pay our debt off or, or pay, you know, get out of debt or anything like that. I know it as God's will for our lives, 
But the thing is, 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 is when I'm trying to force it, I'm trying to hit deadlines and turning all this paperwork in. It's taken away from other time doing other things and, and all that. And I'm trying phone calls, having to get appraisers and all this. And, and, I, and I'm, you know, I'm not hearing back from people. And, I'm, and I was like, I haven't heard from them yet. I haven't heard from them. How come we haven't heard from them yet? And all this. And, but I, I, now after I look back on it, I was like, I really wasted a lot of time. Because I was trying to make it happen. Instead of, the, instead of the beginning, do what I know to do and that's it. But instead, I was frustrated. You know why? Because, because I was under a different yoke. So now I'm just sit back and pray. It's like, Lord, you know. You're going to direct us. There's something to open up. Well, it'll, it's fine. Your yoke is easy. Burden, your burden's light. Hey, you can bring somebody across my path and write me a check for what we owe. I don't I mean, it's... But it comes down to when you start, when it starts affecting you emotionally and it starts driving you and it's tormenting and sleepless nights and all these things. And you might be under a different yoke and not his yoke. Other things I wrote down is if you can't forgive someone, if you can't let go of your past, if you can't stop certain things in your life, you haven't take his yoke on you. You haven't, you haven't taken upon his yoke. If, if you have a hard time forgiving someone... You haven't, you, haven't, you haven't laid hold of his yoke yet. Well, I, well I've tried, Pastor. No, if, if you were under his yoke, it, it can happen. It will happen. A lot of times we try, we're trying to do things in our flesh, but, but as the centurion, what was it? He trusted, but that trust brought him to submission under. Bring him under the word. See, that's, that's you know, when we talk about we, I'll get in that in a minute, I think. We'll see. Hallelujah. I need to, let me stay here for just a moment. Take my yoke upon, upon you and learn of me. For I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest of your souls. Thank you, Father. You know, here in the scriptures, take my yoke upon you. Stop reading there. And we'll take out this, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. Let's read it like this. Take my yoke upon you, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Now, I'm not doing any injustice with the scripture. Take my yoke upon you, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Now, let's look at this part, learn of me. Study me. Let me be your example. Let me be your example. Let me show you how I live by faith. Learn of me. Why, I'm meek and lowly in heart. I'm meek, meaning I'm teachable. I I brought myself under. Learn of me. Let's go to Luke chapter 23. Some of the greatest examples of faith is watching Jesus in the garden and watching Jesus on the cross. Some of the greatest examples of faith. Hallelujah. Jesus wasn't a helpless victim. Now now think about it. Jesus wasn't a helpless victim. 
Just get a picture of Jesus. He says, learn of me. And in reality, if we look at some of the things that Jesus said before he went to the cross, and he, he made this statement, he said, I could call down legions of angels and pull me off of this thing. But he didn't. Learn of me. I'm meek and lowly of heart. He, he, he said, I could have legions. One legion is, I think, 10,000. He says, legions of angels can come down and pull me off of this, this thing. Pull me out of here. But he refused. It said he was like a lamb that was led to the slaughter. And said he opened not his mouth. And that's what I'm dealing with that. Sometimes we just need to keep our mouth shut. <laughs> you see, he... He refused. Not that he couldn't. He refused to call down angels to take him out of there. Why? Because you and me. He he took... Think about how sin, your own personal life, your past, how sin has affected your life. Your mistakes, your failures, your addiction, addictions that you might have about. How has that may have affected your life? Messed you up sometimes, didn't it? Made you pay a lot more than you wanted to pay, right? Hurt other people, right? And just get a hold of this, that he took on the iniquities of us all. He just didn't take on your sin. He took on the sins of the whole world. Amen. And just think what your sin did to you in your own life. How the sin and the mistakes you made, how it made you feel. But he took on the sins of the world. Thank you, Father. See, he submitted himself because he trusted the Father. He submitted himself because he trusted the plan. Learn of me. Submit yourself and trust the Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Verse 26 of Luke chapter 23. I mean, 46. And when Jesus had cried, verse 46, and when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. This word commend means to commit to one's charge. It means to set aside or it means to deposit. Meaning, he said, Father, into thy hands I deposit my spirit. Into my hands, into your hands, I commit my spirit to your charge. And what was he doing by doing that? He was saying, it's finished. I'm doing this. He said, I commit, meaning I commit my spirit. I'm submitting. I'm bringing myself under you. You know, I wrote some of these things down. You know, 
He let himself get whipped. He let them abuse them. He let them pull out his beard. He let disease and sickness come on him. He let death come on him. Why? Because he trusted the Father. This is humility. This is submission. And this is obedience because he trusted. Great faith. You, Jesus didn't lash out at the soldiers. He didn't, he didn't raise his voice at the sh- soldiers. He didn't slap the sh- soldiers that slapped him. He didn't, he didn't run away. He didn't, he didn't yell at them. He didn't say, yes, I'm the son of God. He said, it's as you've said. He opened not his mouth. And a lot of times when we're walking our life of faith, how often do we let our emotions control us? But yet Jesus trusted the Father. The just shall live by faith. It's a life of trust. He's saying, Lord, I trust you with my life. I submit my life. I submit my life to this plan, this purpose. When he was at the Garden of Gethsemane and he said, if, if it's possible, if it's possible, if there's another way, let this cup pass from me. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. That's an attitude of submission. Trust Trust, great faith, it submits, it's obedient, it humbles himself. Do you see this tonight? There's a little bit different aspect of faith. Go to Psalm 16. Psalm 16. And this is a prophetic scripture about Jesus. Thank you, Father. Psalm 16, verse 7 says, I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because he's at my right hand. I shall not be moved. I have set the Lord always before me. That's submission. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore... My heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also shall rest in hope. So his trust caused him to rest. Verse 11. For thou will not leave my soul in hell. See, this is Jesus talking. Yeah, I know it's David writing, but it's prophesying about the Messiah. You will not leave my soul in hell. Neither will thou suffer the Holy One to see corruption. Thou will show me the path of life, and in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Hallelujah. Trust. When Jesus trusted in his flesh, he was able to rest. In his natural, he was able to rest. Why? Because he brought himself unto the Master. And he trusted in the final outcome. My encouragement to you tonight is trust, submit to the word, submit to the Father, bring yourself under the word. You know what? You don't have to understand it to believe it. You don't have to understand it up here to believe it in here. You know what? Well, what, give me a scripture for that, Pastor. Yeah, Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
and don't lean on your own understanding. Meaning it's, it's possible for me to have trust in my heart, but doubt in my head. Trust, bring yourself under and let, and let his yoke make, be, cause you to be light and easy. Light and easy. You know, just a, just a few things, just before I close, this came up. How do we bring ourselves under? And I just, as I was praying before, I, right before I came out of here, I just kept hearing this phrase, yes, Lord. You know, the, 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 the Lord says in his word that we should forgive. Just say, yes, Lord. The Lord tells us to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Just say, yes, Lord. The Lord says, love your wife like Christ loved the church. Just say, yes, Lord. Lord tells you to give, say yes, Lord. What are you doing? Bring, come unto him, all, come unto the word. All that, are, all that are heavy, Jesus is the word. So come unto the word, all that are heavy laden. And what? I will give you rest. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Just two word, simple words that demonstrate trust, but yet demonstrate submission. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. And I delivered the word the best of my ability to, by the unction of the Holy Spirit. And, and I just believe, Father, those here and those watching by way of internet, internet Father, are, are supercharged in their faith. I declare that they're winners. I declare that they're above only and not beneath. I declare that their greatest days are ahead of them. I declare that we are a church. We are a people, we are individuals that make the decision to say, yes, Lord. We see something in your word, we submit to that. And we say, yes, Lord. And you said in your word to come unto you. All that are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Just right where you're seated. If you're heavy laden and burdened, just... Just maybe lift, lift, lift a hand, an attitude of surrender. Lift your hands just while you're sitting there. And just say, I come to you, Father. I come to you. In your own way, I come to you. Father, that tonight I'm heavy laden and I'm burdened. So I come to you. And you said, I'll give, you'll give me a rest. I choose to be yoked up with you, Father. I choose to submit to you tonight, Father. I choose to surrender to you tonight. I submit this anger that I've been battling with. I, su- I submit this depression that I've been battling with. I submit the doctor's report to you. I submit all that I am to you. I submit the way this person talked to me today. I submit everything to you. I submit my hurt to you. I submit my offense to you. I submit this unforgiveness to you. I submit my marriage to you. I submit my children to you. I submit everything I am to you. And I receive your rest. As Jesus, as we see in Psalm 16, that we rest in hope. I mean, we rest in an expectation. And fulfillment. But you never leave us nor forsake us. We trust in you. We bring ourselves under your word tonight. We receive your yoke, Father. 
We cast every care upon you because you care for us. We lay aside every weight, oppression, every hurt, and we give it to you and we receive your rest. Thank you, Father. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Wash over every heart. Even in Psalm 16, he said, For you will not leave my soul in hell. Mm. That will show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. You think about, think about that. As Jesus went to the cross in faith, he died in faith. He died in faith. Knowing in the resurrection. In thy presence is fullness of joy. I also see this when I just, just heard this in my heart. That, uh, that are also an understanding of taking on his yoke and his burden. And when you understand his yoke is easy and his burden is light. There should be a spirit of victory Amen. that hits your life. And when you're in faith, there is a spirit of victory, meaning, meaning that you, you understand that you're victorious even though you're not yet victorious. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Lord, I just thank you for a spirit of victory Amen. to invade every heart. Victory. Victory. I declare victory over that. I declare heaviness to lift. I declare burdens to lift. And we come unto you, Father, because your yoke is easy and your burden is light. We come to you. We come to you. Hallelujah. And we give you our burden. We give you our yoke. And we take your yoke. Hallelujah. And when we take your yoke, hallelujah, I thank you that we are also taking on the fact that we are victorious in Christ Jesus. That through Christ Jesus, that we are always called, you always cause us to triumph. I thank you for victory in this house. I thank you for victory physically, victory emotionally, victory in finances, victory in our jobs, victory in our callings, victory in our purpose. I declare victory over every single person. I declare victory, victory, hallelujah, victory, victory, hallelujah. Do you receive your victory tonight? Victory. I declare victory. Hallelujah. I breathe victory into you tonight. I breathe victory into you tonight. I declare that your marriage isn't defeated. I declare victory over you. I declare that you aren't defeated. I declare victory in you. I declare that you're going to make it because you're victorious in Christ Jesus. I declare victory over your physical body. I declare victory over your finances. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. 
Mm. Say this, Father, Father, I trust you. you. Say, Jesus, Jesus, I trust you. Give him a shout of praise if you believe that tonight. Hallelujah. Thank God for his word.